The views expressed in this podcast are that of ours alone. Any opposing opinions on our behalf are not to discredit or belittle the listener's opinion, but only to pose another perspective or point of view, respectively. What's happening? No need to adjust your devices. You are now podcasting with the best parameters podcast, episode seven. And I'm your host, Stilo GQ. And I'm your host, Black Dev. Tonight, joining us for the show, we have Joseph Yaman. You might know this guy from a festival that he started, MAGFest Music and Gaming Festival. He started um, a long time ago, and he's now known for his uh, traveling site, travels around the world, been around the world, and ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that guy. This is that guy right now. And uh, so... Episode 7, we got Joe joining us. And, and don't, don't forget to look him up on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, to, what are we talking about tonight, Stilo? Today's topic is, are guns an American obsession or necessity? Guns, ladies and gentlemen. Again, are they an, an, are they an obsession or necessity? Joe, so what's your uh, what's your take on that? And also, Joe's located in Roanoke, Virginia at this time. So, Joe, what do you think? Well, I guess it's a <clears throat> pardon me. You know, it's 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 more than a conversation. You sum up in a couple of sentences, but I mean, there's a there's a certain necessity for uh, if you're you know you live in a rural area, you need them for for snakes, for scorpions, for um, you know certain field work. You know, sometimes you need a small weapon in your home for protection. Um, but you know, I've been to 45 countries uh, at this point. Well, it would be 45 Tuesday. Um, and at a certain point, you do cross a line from uh, necessity into obsession. And uh, you know, it's kind of uh, you listen to me. I'm almost afraid to have the conversation because here in America, we can't have that conversation. The minute I say, you know what, maybe it has crossed over into obsession and propaganda. Is I'm worried about a million people screaming at me, waving their guns. True. So that I'm no, I mean that's I mean that says it right there. But yeah, yeah, there, there is a necessity. Look, I've been to 45 countries, and I'm pretty sure you can get guns in almost all 45 of them. But there's a difference of how many you can get, the type you can get, how long you have to wait to get them. You know, who is considered mentally fit to own one and who is not, and and those are all complex parts of the conversation. That, so we're not Joe, allowed to have, that we're not allowed to have in this country. Right. So, Joe, let me ask you this. Um, you know, it's obvious that you're well-versed in travel and everything. Um, in the countries that you've been in, have you noticed a similarity uh, with their uh, need to have guns the way you see it in America? Have you noticed any of that within, within any of your travels? Um. We get, you know, and it, it does differ region to region, country to country. Um, you got, you know, I'll tell you what, this is the only country where, you know, well, I mean, okay, like, you know, and, and uh, gun supporters love to bring up the Switzerland example. Everybody in Switzerland is by law required to have a gun in their household. But with them, with the part they failed to mention is that, uh, you know, they are required to be in the military. Everyone's in the, you know, everyone spends time in the military, receives proper mm -hmm. training in the use and, and the heavy responsibility of, of having, you know, that's part of the big problem in this country is that people in this country look at them as, as toys 
or, you know, you know, it's a testosterone enhancer, you know, look at my giant gun, mm-hmm. you know, in, in other countries, they really view them as, as that's a serious thing you've got in your hands. That's not a toy for the shooting range. That's something that holds the life and death of another human being in it. If you're not careful, um, they have to, the ammunition's kept secure police like stations. So they don't have the ammunition at home. They have to request it. They have to check it out and, mm-hmm you know, basically track every bullet they fire when they return the leftover ammunition. I mean, wow. you know, or, yeah, I mean, they always forget to you know, mention those parts. You know, they just want to say, oh, everybody, Switzerland has a gun. I didn't it's know. like, you know, whenever they... Wow, yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know that part. In, in, in Dubai, uh, in Dubai, and I, I lived in Dubai for a year and a half, I, I taught English there, and I talked to my students, and they said, yes, mister, we can uh, we can get guns here, but Generally, the only people who the government will issue guns to are the camel farmers living out in the desert because they need them for rattlesnakes. So you've got a whole like family household and there's, you know, one rifle between the whole household, you know, or a shotgun Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're using it for, you know, uh, farm, you know, for farm use. So you know, um, I'll tell you one thing. I've only ever been to one country that's got shooting ranges every 10 minutes you go. Where is that? Here. Oh. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh. No. Um, it's, you know. Um, so, yeah. So, so bringing up uh, what you said about Switzerland and how a lot of them, the majority of them, if not all of them, have some form of military training, which is why they are able to carry firearms uh why which is why everyone is required to carry a firearm so would you agree that um in america we should uh our restrictions should be a little bit more tighter to to where we would be more so uh, rest- restricting it to people that are qualified to have them more more restrictive to people um, who are qualified I don't know if restrictive is, is the right word for it because that's, that's a load of the minute you say that, Oh my God, he's going to take away our guns. That's, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, and, and the, here's the thing is officially, officially the NRA, the official position of the and boy, I could talk to you forever about the NRA. by the way, you know, the guy, the president, the head of the NRA, Wayne LaPierre, you know, he grew up here in Roanoke. He oh, went wow. Patrick, he went to Patrick Henry high school. He was, you ever go down to Vic Thomas Memorial park? Um, uh, he was Vic Thomas's uh, vice delegate to the uh, Virginia House of Delegates. I still hang out. Vic's, Vic's got one brother in Roanoke still. He's about 85 years old, but I still catch up with him once in a while. Real nice guy. But um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the NRA does officially, officially on paper, they support background checks to screen people that are not, uh, what's the term, mentally capable of owning a gun, you know, so they, they officially, they do support checks on that, but when's the last time they actually supported any sort of legislation that actually tried to do that? Hmm. You know, know, so that's, you know, but then the NRA, they're much more concerned with gun sales and gun profits than they are the actual people owning and using the guns. You know, the NRA's it's a money machine. What are you going to do? Well, it's, you know, um, I had a lot of friends that are into guns that do not care for the NRA, but uh, that's um, 
but your question was um yes. your question was about switzerland um i think a lot of it is it's an educational issue that you know over there like and i said that i said it before they you know you get to some of these countries especially europe where there's people still alive who can remember what it was like to have the entire continent ravaged by war we don't have that experience in this country you know the last time people could remember that was in the 1860s mm. and there's no one left alive for that, right know? um but yeah they they you know they view guns as, as you know you've got a gun you've got a serious thing in your hands in this country I could tell you a story about this this uh, GOP party chairman down in Florida I chatted with once who tried to tell me, oh, guns, they're like toys. We like to swing them around like baseball bats. You know, wow. that's part of our freedoms in this country. And I, boy, I unload. I really should have been a little bit more polite with that guy. But man, I unloaded on him for saying that. And that, but that really does typify, I think that the typifies American. a lot of the gun problem. Dude, that's dangerous. Yeah. That's a dangerous statement, man, when you think about it. So somebody commented on the uh, Facebook status um, posted about the topic that the uh, Constitution is outdated Mm -hmm. and that the right to bear arms um, at that time period where it was written that like um, because, uh, you know, people were they was for the, you know, people were in the militia and stuff like that. And it. I mean, really thinking about it, I don't, I didn't look into it, but when you really think about at that time period of when the Constitution was written, and like you said, in rural areas and stuff like that, like, you, it was a necessity to have a gun. Cause, but we're not, I mean, like, in an urban area, like, you're not hunting anything. I, I right. Know. You know what I'm saying? That's, like just that's right. just for starters, like you're not, you know, um so be beyond that like um and then of course, you know, there were there were quite a pe- few people who said that it's an obs- obsession in uh America. And then there was a few that said uh you know, we have a right and we got to protect our family. There's also people that believe that the government if we, if the government takes the guns away, then the government could control us because we don't have guns. If, if the U.S. government sends a SWAT team down Fifth Avenue, are your guns really going to make a difference? Very I true. Mean, <laughs> back in the '90s, David Koresh and the Branch Davidian, they had all the guns on a fucking planet. What good did it do them? They all got blown to high hell. That wasn't even the U.S. military. That was the FBI. Wow. You know. And who's got more guns, the U.S. military, standing army, or the FBI? I mean, that's, you know, people are again. That's that's NRA propaganda that's evolved over the past thirty some years that just instills fear and insecurity in people and propagates this scared psychological need to stockpile guns. But what good do they do? You know, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, if you're on a farm, you rifle. If you want to have a a revolver in your home for security, but at a certain point, you know, you got guys who are stockpiling AK-47s because yes. it's their American right. Listen, but I I was telling Black Dev that in my opinion, there is no reason for a common man walking around carrying an AK-47 or have, or have ownership of an AK-47. I'm sorry, anybody who's listening who don't agree. That is ridiculous. You don't need that type of firearm that type of 
firepower at all. Why? What do you, why do you need that? Joe, would you agree with that, man? Or what's your take on that? Oh, no, I, I would pretty much agree with that. What it does is it fills a psychological need of insecurity. I mean, have you, if you've ever noticed, it's the people who scream the loudest about wanting to have guns and stockpiling guns. You ever notice they're the last people you want to actually own one? Yes, that is very true. That's a good Here's point, something man. I, I yeah, but there's something is people tend to because you brought up the Second Amendment. People tend to forget the Second Amendment. What what does the Second Amendment say? What is what is the wording of the Second Amendment? I don't know exactly. I, I had to look it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to look it up. But there's a part that people and and I you know I remember this part, but I looked it up because I wanted the exact wording. Okay. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What's the part that people always forget to mention? A well-regulated militia. militia. Now, how many gun owners? How many gun owners do you know that are in a militia, let alone well-trained in the proper use of a firearm? That's what she was saying. Okay, yeah, that's what she yeah. was saying, and that I mean, was in there. Again, as you look at the Swiss people. They're all. They are part of. You know, since they've yeah. all been in military service. They're, you know, now militia having gotten out of the regular army and they're all well-trained for well-regulated purposes. Right, right, which makes perfectly good sense. But the NRA doesn't want you to hear that part because, again, they're concerned about, I mean, gun industry is in this country. They're it, rich. Dude, and that, and that comes down to the reason why all the rest of the corruption, the reason why America... You know, and not to jump subject, I'll, I'll get back to what we're talking about. But that's the reason why America has so much corruption is because corruption seems to sell. Everything is about money at the end of the day. No one cares that people are losing their lives like it's going out of style, as long as it's making money. It's insane. But you're right. You're right. A well uh, uh, regulated militia. People need to be trained, or people need to uh, be um, need to be properly trained. Is what I'm basically saying before they are able to purchase firearms. It's it's insane, and that and that brings another topic, also included with you know with the gun situation in America is the mental health uh, issue. You got too many people with mental health issues that have access to firearms. Again, we, the, the NRA's defense—they do support that sort of a background check. You know, they say that, but when do they ever support legislation that would actually do that? But that's you know, right. Um, I was telling Dev, I'm 32 years old. I've never purchased a firearm. Neither. And I have a family and I'm doing just fine. So, I mean, what's the paranoia from? I mean, right. you know, now granted, no, no, shit, shit is, I'm totally okay with people having a firearm um, to protect their home um, with if it needs, if they need to use it. Um, but, but what's the paranoia? Where, where's the, the stockpile and why? For what, man? I mean, like, you know, kind of paraphrasing what you said, it's almost like they're trying to uh, overcompensate, you know, for something. But I don't know. Well, I mean, it's how do you sell? And you see this in um, 
you know, selling uh, clothes or, 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 you know, selling DVDs or, or selling collectible action figures or whatever, how do you get someone to buy your product? You can, through your commercials or whatever, you convince them not that they want it, but that they need it, right. that they mm. can't live without it. Mm. I mean, how do you convince someone that they can't live without a gun? You tell them their life's in danger without it. That's true. And that's, I mean, the NRA has been promoting that propaganda campaign for 30, 40 years now. You can, you can read about the history of the NRA, and they weren't like that until late 70s, early 80s, around the Reagan era. Mm-hmm. You know, it's money and by that, the pound. And that's, that's enough time to, uh, you know, teach a generation. Yeah. So at this point now, you know, that's the, it's a generation now that grew up that way. Yeah, it's the norm. So if you tell them otherwise, they couldn't see, they couldn't see any other way. And it's a, um, it's a problem when it comes down to, I feel like I'm, I could be wrong, but I feel like when it comes down to the urban community, it's a, it's a problem because, um, in urban homes, we aren't, like I said, we aren't like hunting, like in in inner city homes where guns are a problem and we resolve, we think guns are a way of resolving problems nowadays. Um, you see a, a lot of comments about, you know, the young guys don't fight anymore. They don't resolve problems. They, they shoot each other or whatever is dangerous. And so... That's that's also a problem. I know um I do, you know, own a gun, but when I purchased my first gun, it was the guy just asked me if I was a felon and I said no. And he said, Okay. And is that a gun show? And he said, Okay, well that's all I need to know. And I he took my money and I got the gun. That's right. That's how easy it is. Yeah. So And that's sad, man. That's sad and and horrible. No, you finish and I'll tell you a story. I got a good one. Okay, yeah, go. I mean, I'm just I just wanted to bring up a point that um, as far as you know, and then the the issue with the mass shootings. I mean, just looking at like the statistics around the world compared to us, like we're like blowing the whole world away Mm -hmm. in mass shootings. That is true because I read on BBC.com that there were 372 mass shootings in the U.S. in 2015. That's just 2015. I don't have the stats for 16, but in 2015 alone, 372 mass shootings, killing 475 people and wounding 1,870 people. And this is according to the mass shooting tracker, which catalogs such incidents. So 372 mass shootings, man. So, and that's not, that's not even all the deaths from gun violence. That's just if you add in- mass shootings. Yeah. If you add in murders, suicides, accidents, exactly over twenty thousand people a year dead. Exactly, exactly. So that's a problem. And I mean, we to elaborate on what Black Dev said, we absolutely murder 
people uh, as far as statistics go. Our statistics are out of the, off the freaking charts compared to other countries. And we need to wake up and see this as a problem. It's it's insane. Well, how do how do other countries view us, Joe? Oh, they think we're crazy. <laughs> everywhere I've been, everywhere I've been, they say, "Oh, you're American. Uh, uh, you have all the crazy guns in your country." Uh, yeah, that's that's us. I mean, wow. they just they just assume we're all. They kind of assume we're all Texas cowboys. They really do. It's you know whatever. I mean, yeah. You know every. I mean every group stereotypes every other group, but you know it's kind that's of. It hear it sometimes yeah um, but they do yeah everywhere i go they're crap i mean look the you know and and I'm, i know you'll get i'll get like oh chinese communists the chinese are not that communist i mean it's they're still a little communist sure but i mean there's, there's not a single gun in the country that you know they're not having any the government's not you know marching on their doors and you know whatever they they live just fine you know yeah i've lived in a communist government i've lived in a shakedom that's a kingdom where the, the leader of the country has absolute power over everything. I've wow. lived in a kingdom. Wow. Yeah, there's still about 15 kingdoms on Earth, mostly in the Muslim world. Where, um, where was this but, at? I mean, oh, Dubai. The, Dubai. the United Arab Emirates is what we would consider a kingdom. Oh. Um, it's seven, seven emirates, and each emir, each sheikh, um, has absolute authority over within his domain. He's the absolute monarch. He's wow. the... He is the, the president, the legislature, and the judge all rolled into one. Wow. Um, but in, in that case, the seven, the seven emirs, the seven sheikhs, they all make a lot of decisions together for foreign policy. Yeah. It, but two of them are kind of in charge, and the other five are kind of smaller uh, land, uh, have smaller territories. Yeah. Um, Saudis like that, Kuwait's like that, Qatar is like that, Oman, you know, a lot of them. But, um, but I mean. I mean, it's, that's the thing. It's like, oh, if we don't have guns, we're going to lose our freedom. I've been to plenty of countries where they don't have guns. They're, they're just as free as us, more free in some ways, less free in other ways, to be fair. But it's, you know, and, and as I said before, if the government decides that if, if the government wants to come for you, really make, I mean, you can have 100 guns. It's not going to make a difference. You know, the government has tactical aircraft you know they have tactical aircraft that drop weapons from the sky you know yeah right all the ak-40 you know what are you going to start doing putting an anti-aircraft gun in your backyard <laughs> right if they want you they're going to get you yeah i mean that's you know well, the story i was going to tell you because it, it does relate to this i lived in sweden i have a lot of family in, in stockholm and i'm staying with my aunt and she introduced me to two of her swedish friends upstairs and they lived in Tennessee for years and years. He worked for or General Electric, I forget. And he said, oh, you're American. I want to show you something. And he goes into the closet and he comes back with an old Smith and Wesson revolver, you know, six chambers, all that. And he says, when I came to America, the first thing I wanted to do was buy a gun. Surprise there, you know, wow. that's, and by the way, America, People, what's the number one reason people come to this country for tourism is Disneyland. But the number two reason, yeah, they want to fire guns. Wow, but man. He brings, wow. Out, he brings out the revolver and he says, I was in Tennessee and I went to introduce myself to the sheriff before I bought a gun. Okay, well, that's responsible. Cool. And of course, the sheriff says, well, you go, you just moved here. You're not an American citizen. Uh, you cannot buy a gun in my county. 
But if you drive seven minutes across the county line, there's a little shop. They have different rules. They can sell you a gun there. Wow. That's it. I mean, and this was, yes, this was like the 70s. This was the 70s. But he said, so I drove the seven, I drove the 10 minutes, and I went into the shop, and the man just sold me a gun right there. Yeah. That's crazy. That was it. That was it. You know. Um, but yes, the most countries around the world think we're a bunch of crazy gun-toting nut bars. You know, it's that's not without some truth, you know. I'm about to say, we, we kind of are. I mean, there's there is some... And like I say, it, if you go back and look at the NRA, their, their rhetoric, the things they said in the 1930s, the 1940s, the 1950s, they were in favor of certain amount of gun control. You go back and read some of the former NRA presidents from, mm-hmm. you know, the World War II decade before that and after that. And, you know, as I said, it really wasn't until the 70s when the NRA took on this this change of direction, this this fierce, you know, promoting of, you know, you know, all kinds of crazy weapons. Um, and you've got to ask yourself, why did they do that? I mean, you know, Occam's razor. What's the what's the number one? What's the reason people do anything? Money. Mm. Money. Okay. Well, is. <laughs> it makes me think of uh, Iron Man <laughs> for some reason. Um, I know that's random, but uh, like, you know what I'm saying? Like how he's just like, I feel like he has like maybe a, a head of conscience, maybe like in the first movie or something about you know, making weapons that people were using in under other countries. I think wasn't that sort of like the plot in that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a uh, he was trying to. I don't think he was selling guns, but he was selling some sort of military technology. Yeah. And he runs. You want to see a good movie about gun sales, and it may or may not be like Nicolas Cage's like only good movie. No, he's had two or three, but uh, watch, watch, watch Lord of War. That's a really good movie about, you know, about the gun trap, the illegal international gun trafficking okay. uh, agent. I'll tell you another good story. You'll love this one. Uh, Pakistani guy was my driver in Dubai because I didn't have a car. It was just as cheap to pay a driver. These guys will work for nothing. Okay. And he, of course, as, as you guess, first thing he asked me about was, uh, oh, America firing guns, blah, blah, blah. And he says, um, oh, we, we have a gun in, in, in my country. Uh, my tribe, you know, we have lots of guns where I live. Well, where do you get them from? Well, they were Al Qaeda surplus. And my and I said to him, was, don't ever tell anyone that story. You know, you don't want <laughs> them to know that. that we, please don't ever, because yeah. I don't want. Okay, so my Pakistani driver, when he was still in Pakistan, was buying guns from Al Qaeda surplus, because that's how Al Qaeda makes money. They sell their leftover guns. But the rest of the story is. He told me, well, where do you think Al-Qaeda got them from? These were American-made weapons, American and Russian. Uh, it makes sense. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge – it's the military-industrial complex. It's a huge industry. If the NRA wants a piece of the domestic sales, you know. But, yeah, he said, oh, we got them from Al-Qaeda. And I said, don't repeat that. And he said, well, Al-Qaeda got them from America and Russia. That's wild, man. If we love our guns. Get, if they get them from America, they're getting funneled through Saudi or, or one of those Gulf. Cause you know, we sell tons of weapons to, we sell tons of weapons to uh, Saudi and you know, some of that's going to spill off into some of those other groups. It might go from America, right. America to Saudi to some legitimate paramilitary group. 
and then to allocate, you know, it might go through four or five hands, change hands like four or five, six times before it gets to Al-Qaeda, but it started off as an American product at some point. No, I don't think, no, the American government does not directly sell weapons to Al-Qaeda, of course not. Yeah. Right, right, of course, right. Right. Now, I was saying um, also, I would like to see where just any, not just anybody shouldn't be able to buy a handgun. Now, for instance, you're if you're a hunter and you're out hunting and you need to purchase a gun, yeah, you need to show proof that you're a hunter so you can get a gun. This is because you need the hunting rifle in order to hunt. It's your tool. Um, but if you're going in to buy a handgun, there needs to be some very, it should be difficult. And I'm sorry, whoever doesn't agree, but it needs to be very difficult. We need to quit emphasizing on being, trying to protect ourselves from all these other countries and word and, and we need to focus more so protecting ourselves from each other and not in a way of using guns, but in a way of preventing things from happening with guns. We need to educate, we need to be more educated. We need to, they need to really push this. Uh, you know, the and I was saying earlier, I think another reason why we're so gun crazy in America, because we see this stuff. On, on media, we see movies, we see TV shows, we see it blasted all over the news. You know, you got you got your Westerns. Everybody wanted to be cowboys. You know, you want to get guns. You see all these cop movies where, you know, I mean, it's, it's polluting our minds to feel like this is what's cool. This is what we need. Even in the urban, uh, the urban demographic. I mean, you got your your. Uh, your gangster, um, you know, your hood yeah. gangster movies where they glorify having guns. Just the music in general. The music, the music glorifies guns. I mean, so I think a lot of times still, it's, it's, America doesn't do enough to be anti. Like, we, we promote it too much. We make it look cool. They, you know, they, they cannot, it's illegal for um tobacco companies to run cigarette ads um on television but we can i know we don't run gun ads on television but why not make it as important i mean we so emphasize we so we emphasize so much on the wrong stuff is what i'm saying yeah what what uh tell me joe uh You've been uh, to Japan, right? Yeah, 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 twice. So Japan, like, tell me what's the atmosphere there, like crime rate and all that compared to America and with the guns and stuff like that. Well, guns are non-existent in Japan, and mm-hmm. and crime is crime is non-existent in Japan. I mean, wow. I, it, I mean, a couple of, I mean, now twice now in the past whatever twenty years, there'll be some Japanese guy who runs around, you know in a busy square and start stabbing people with plastic knives or whatever. And you, yeah. And you probably, you know, ends up with like one or two fatalities and like 20 injured, they'll plow a truck into something. Um, but overall, 
the crime statistics in Japan are, I think their, their biggest crime statistic is suicide probably. Wow. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, one night, and this was my first trip in 2001. I was just a kid. My God, it was like 20, 21. And uh, me and my friend, I had a buddy, you know, who was living over there. He's from Roanoke. He's, he's back here now. I actually brought back a Japanese wife, but um, he, <laughs> We were walking through, yeah, no, they're really cool. They're cool. But um, we were walking through central, uh, what was it? Um, not Shibuya Park. Yo, not Yo, was it Yoyogi Park or whatever is the Japanese equivalent, the Tokyo equivalent of Central Park. Okay. We're walking through there in the middle of the night. Couldn't have a care in the world. You imagine doing that in Manhattan? Or uh, I when I was living in Los Angeles, I was four blocks from MacArthur park, which is like, you know, the, like the rock capital of LA by night. And, uh, we wouldn't go near MacArthur park that time of night, Tokyo, no problem. You know, we had the homeless people there though. They never, they never dream of asking you for a handout of any sort, but the homeless people, they'll come up to you friendly as can be just to chat with you, just to say, hi, you know, welcome to Japan foreigner, you know, it's yeah, there's, they don't ask for handouts. No, no, no. I don't even know if they would take it if you offered because i didn't but no no the, the homeless people asian culture is a little bit different though they're a lot more are, are much more concerned with like shame and guilt than we are in like in this country we're concerned with like you know uh, ego and mm-hmm, pride right. and 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 status symbols that show wealth in japanese culture yes they're concerned with like wealth as a status symbol but on on a higher level, if, if you look at the, the different things they value and don't value, they they value, you know, shame and guilt. You know, like yeah, I mean, we take we look at shame and we just like throw it off and say, you know, whatever, I'll do whatever I want to do. Japanese people, if like they're publicly shamed, Christ, they'll probably go hang themselves or something. You know, go over right. that suicide forest in Hokkaido. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's Japan's incredibly safe. China is incredibly safe. Wow. Um. Can like Cambodia and Thailand, they're a little dicey, but I still would, you know, they're still I wouldn't like if you're gonna walk down a you know like a a bad street in the middle of the night in Bangkok or Phnom Penh, I still wouldn't worry about it as much because, well, okay, but frankly, that's where the conversation goes to. Frankly, they don't have guns. <laughs> so do you do you think that? Uh makes a difference here you think our crime rate uh you think it's harder to do crime without a gun you know it's harder to rob somebody if you gotta do more work work without a gun when i got mugged and robbed in downtown los angeles all the guy had was a knife Um, okay so that's not the case but on a larger scale my my anecdotal example notwithstanding on a larger scale it's more difficult to be a successful criminal without a gun. You know, sure, you could still do it. You do all right, but yeah, I mean, you're going to get a lot further in crime with a gun. Right. And yeah. you see, you know, the pro-gun people, they'll, they'll use that as an example of, well, the bad guys have guns, so we got to have guns too. You know, well, then what are you going to do? Just carry the gun around with you everywhere you go 24-7? Right, right. Right, at a certain, you know, I mean, at a certain point, you got to figure something out. I mean, you want to do that, do that. Damn, you know. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, man, I fully, I fully understand. I mean, I get it. You know, having some type of firearm, uh, 
but the obsess the obs- obsessiveness of it um yeah. it is just it's just too much i mean you don't need uh, uh you don't need 30 guns i know a guy i used to work with he like man i'm telling you something never had where to go down I, man <laughs> i got it all i'm ready like dude really you can't shoot them all at the same time yeah the last person you actually want to have a gun in the first place (laughs) yeah man something like wow dude like why like what i don't know it's a mind state it's a mind state man it's a mind state what's supposed to go down though like what what's gonna go down so they they believe that any day now uh the government's either going to collapse and there's going to be chaos on the streets or um the government is engineering some huge nationwide conspiracy. They're just going to, well, and, and they, they can't even tell you the whole story. They're going to yeah. invade our, they're going to invade our homes and do something bad to us. But nobody really specifically knows what that bad thing. I mean, what are they going to do? Take a larger chunk of our taxes. Right. <laughs> let's not, for, let's not no, forget the are- zombie apocalypse. We can't, can't leave that out. Oh, there's that. There's that. Yeah, there's that. There's people who believe that. That's part of the government engineering. Yeah. The, the CDC probably has those chemicals right now down in Atlanta where the CDC is. They're just waiting to unleash that zombie chemical on the country. I think they did already. The government's going to it. Uh, it's got a smartphone. No, it's called... <laughs> I ain't, no, ain't going to say... I was going to say all these rappers in Atlanta. <laughs> a little Uzi Vert <laughs> He gonna throw a diss at the. He gonna throw a diss at the Atlanta guys. No, I'm just playing. But, uh, yeah, man. But yeah, they they. It's a it's a mind state. It's a yeah. mind state, and it's a. Uh, it's what people have is it, it's passed down through generations. It's television. It's music. It's media. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's what it is. Man, um, we should we should a a a, a pro pro-gun person on here because they ain't getting no love tonight. Yeah. No, I'm, you know, and the thing is, like I say, I'm not totally anti-gun. Yeah. I mean, the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment does exist for a reason, you know. I mean, yeah, there is a certain need to have, you know, firearms. Um, But, yeah, at the same time, it really has crossed a line in this country in the past three or four decades. I mean, look, uh, you know, and this is something uh, we could talk as long as you guys want, but it's something I wanted to bring up at some point, maybe okay. close with, maybe not. Sandy Hook happened. Yeah. All those six-year-old children got yeah, gunned down. Man. And we can't even have a conversation about it in this country. The gun lobby, the NRA, just immediately said, nope, I'm sorry all those children died, but nothing's going to change. Yes, and, and that was, and, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, and, and so the thing is, you can't, as much as the gun, here's the thing, as much as the gun people want to moan about guys like me, they won. They get to have all the guns they want, and all I can do is remind them that Sandy Hook happened, and then they'll get mad and scream at me and, you know, brandish their guns at me, you know. Um, no, I mean, they won. The gun people love to scream and bitch and holler, but they get all the guns they want, and all I get to do is sit there and watch a bunch of six-year-old kids in Connecticut get killed. And the thing about it, man, like I just don't understand why do they get so bent out of shape? Like, as soon as you talk years. about the guns, they get bent out of shape. It's ridiculous. And Forty what, years of fear culture. It, it's bad because 
What if that's your kid? That would have been your kid at that school. And what would have your gun have done to help that situation? I mean, nothing, nothing. after the fact. Exactly, nothing. So what do you... That, like your friend or the person you know, you say he's prepared if it's going down, so it went down. Your kids there, what 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 is your thirty guns? What did they do right. to help that situation? Right, man. Um The argument was that they uh school teachers should be able to have guns in their desks. That was the argument there. Yeah, and it's just, let's take it, all the time you need with that one. <laughs> Were you a teacher? What do you think? As a teacher, if they told me that, well, I suppose if they wanted me to take, you know, a gun safety, a gun training course, I would do that. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to own a gun or handle a gun, but if my work required me to take a course in how to properly handle a gun, how to appreciate it's, you know, how to safely, you know, discharge it and store it, but I certainly wouldn't want to keep a gun in my desk in a classroom full of 30 kids. You never yeah. know when one of them would pick the damn lock. That's true. right. Um, you know, I would, God, no, it's, there's no, I mean, you could try and rationalize. Well, maybe if you kept the guns in a locker in the principal's office or you kept them in a safe or this or that or whatever, but you know what? You've got security guards on the school campuses. Now they've got guns. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, I'm not saying take away guns. I'm saying let's be responsible um, and let's be more aware of who we allow to purchase the guns and the type of guns we are allowing people to purchase. That's all I'm saying. I yeah. that That's what we need to do. I mean, so I'm not trying to take the guns away, but we do need everything needs to be done in moderation. And, and the yeah. NRA agrees with that in word, but not in deed. Right. So we they need to actually talk. They need to walk the walk instead of talking the talk, man. You know. Well, yeah, but that cuts in. That cuts into somebody's bottom line. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, Joe, we really, really, really appreciate you being on, man. I mean, I know you know things won't change, but you know we continue to have this these type of conversations where people are listening. Um, you know. As one step to uh, closer to opening up other people's minds and to uh, and to seeing what what needs to happen. But man, we definitely appreciate you being on and um and just let everybody know where they could uh you know check you out as far as you know your travels. Yeah, if um if you're uh, and some people might know about the music and gaming festival. Um, I'd love that if somebody listening to this had already heard about it because that's great. It's uh, M-A-G-F-E-S-T, magfest.org, and the show's in January in um, uh, D.C. every year. And for all the traveling I've done the past three years, like 45 countries, I have a Facebook page. It's called Trails of Joe, you know, just T-R-A-I-L-S of Joe, J-O-E. And you can like and follow my page, and I try to upload pictures of places I've been as often as possible. Awesome. Thank you so much. And everybody, of course, look us up on uh, our official website, parameterscast.com. Uh, also look us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and as well as Snapchat team parameters on Snapchat. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, you are part, you are 
podcasting with the best. Podcasting with the best. Peace. Peace and love. Thanks for having me.